Oh yeah, go downtown. JR, this is Kyla. Oh yeah, Triple H, hey, JR, can you spell Enigma? Oh man, he is getting P.O.'d! Here comes Jacqueline, the baby with back. Oh yeah, what up, Kingfish? That's right, Aqualads and Aqualasses. As you can hear from the theme music, it is indeed a brand new episode of Kingfish! Yes, folks, it's Kingfish Episode 9. Who would ever think that the Shane McMahon audio journey would live to see this day? But it's true, and it has. My name is Johnny C., and as previously mentioned, this is Kingfish, the show here in the Aqua Cave where we relive the audio journey that is Shane McMahon's ludicrous and bonkers commentary on episodes of Sunday Night Heat. We are up to the ninth episode of this show, and it takes us to September 27th, 1998. The master plan has been ruminating for weeks, JR, and it's time to enact it here at Breakdown in Your House. It's our second pay-per-view night event, meaning uh, we were in Madison Square Garden way back when, like episode 5 or something, for the uh, countdown to SummerSlam. Well... This is our next pay-per-view night episode. It's the countdown to Breakdown in Your House. It's the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Our commentators this evening will be Shane McMahon. And returning from last week, Mr. James E. Cornette. The show hits its customary opening credits. Some pyro goes off. And my goodness, we, it looks like we have a visitor hanging in the rafters above the ring. It's tonight, the last night. We will see Stone Cold Steve Austin as the WWF Champion. Welcome everyone to Sunday Night Heat. And there you see a very, very unforgiving steel cage hanging high in the stratosphere. Jim Cornette wants to know, why is that cage here? And what's the surprise that Vince has for Stone Cold Steve Austin? We won't have to wait long, because according to Shane... Yo, Pops! My Pops is coming out. It looks like we're going to find out right now, Jim. Yeah, baby! <laughs> Here comes Vince, as promised, flanked by Pat Patterson and Joe Briscoe, as always. We see a female stir in the sign has a Vince in his sign. Goodness, in the crowd has a Vince is sexy sign. I suppose, if he does it for you. Cornette says that all week in Titan Towers, Vince McMahon has been walking around saying that he has a surprise for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Vince enters the ring. Cornette pontificates further. He says that the response here in Canada for Vince is so nice that Vince McMahon should probably start looking for snipers. Now, yes, there are quite a lot of boos, but honestly, Jim Cornette randomly pulling out, he should be looking for snipers, tells me that you know, I would imagine Jim Cornette probably spends most of his days in his everyday life perhaps looking for snipers. You know, he's in the drive-thru at Hardee's. Yeah, get me a Frisco burger and be aware I see those goddamn snipers up in the trees. He heads later to KFC. Give me a three-piece and a biscuit and I'll tell you those snipers are up there. If you don't tell them to back down, I ain't going to pay for this Colonel Fried Chicken. Vince McMahon, though, is here to apologize. He has the microphone and tells three very specific World Wrestling Federation superstars he's sorry that they fought so hard on Raw for basically nothing. 
Those three superstars are Kenny Kenny Shamrock, Mankind Mick Foley, well, and of course, The Rock. There's a nice pop when Vince says The Rock's name. It's even a louder pop than Mick Foley gets. Of course, these are, as we've been calling them here on Kingfish, the challengers of the unknown. No, no. On Monday Night Raw, you see, they had a number one contenders match, but The Undertaker and Kane interfered in this contest, and there was no winner. Now, Vince says he's not responsible for Kane and The Undertaker interfering, so that's not his problem. However, he also realizes that the challengers of the unknown lived up to their end of the bargain. They competed in the triple threat match, and Vince, you know, he may not have lived up to his end of the bargain because none of them are indeed number one contender. So tonight, the challengers of the unknown will explode in a triple threat inside the superstructure steel cage on the breakdown pay-per-view extravaganza. Now, I made up the part where he says the challengers explode, but he does say there'll be a triple threat match in the superstructure steel cage on the breakdown pay-per-view extravaganza. In response to this, Shane says, Yeah, baby! Alright, folks, seriously? Like, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, came out in the spring of 97. The tape came out in October of 97. Austin Powers 2 isn't even coming out till 99, and here we are in the fall of 98. Is Shane just late to the Austin Powers party, or perhaps did he watch it backstage earlier today with DX or some shit like that? I've, I've been there, okay? You watch a movie you haven't seen in a while, and then some of the some of the gags and the catchphrases stick with you for a little bit, you know? I mean, sure, I may have seen American Pie and for the next six months walked around saying, Suck me beautiful to everyone with a mouth. But that's beside the point, all right? I wasn't on a national television broadcast when I said these things. Vince says the cage will protect the challengers from any outside interference. And speaking of outside interference, if anyone interferes in the main event matchup this evening between Kane, Taker, and Stone Cold, the match will automatically stop and Stone Cold Steve Austin will be stripped of his World Wrestling Federation Championship. That's a surprise! yells Jim Cornette, doing his best Michael Cole impression from the modern era. The crowd starts a huge Austin chant. Austin's popularity, Jim. It's enormous. Vince is so happy to be able to provide the World Wrestling Federation audience two triple threat matches in one night. His only regret is that it's going to happen here in Canada thunderous booze, as one would assume. He then guarantees, there's that word again, he guarantees Austin will not leave here tonight as champion. Well, I guarantee that is true, because I've seen Breakdown in your house. I also guarantee that this evening will debut the greatest variant of the middle finger in the history of our sport, as Vince McMahon delivers a tremendous middle finger to Stone Cold at the end of the breakdown pay-per-view. Like, seriously, that thing should be in a fucking museum. Vince is getting massive heat here, and he's pretending to be super angry that Canada's not showing him respect. Heat! You talk about heat! Well, Shane, it's getting hot in here, isn't it? Vinny Mac is hot, man. You see that? Look at his eyes. Yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. So he calls his dad Hot Man. So apparently coming to the Aqua Cave someday in the future, a show called Hot Man, all about Vince McMahon. Probably, probably not, though. Oh my God in heaven. 
we cut to the announce table. We see that Jim Cornette is dressed just how Jim Cornette would normally be dressed in your mind. Shane McMahon has on a light orange reddish button down. I'm very colorblind, so fuck you if it's not. And he's got a big old backwards off-brand Kangol hat that's navy. I, I can't fucking even with this look. He's all forehead. He looks like he's 12. He looks like Matthew Broderick in Godzilla, for fuck's sake. So there you go. That movie came out in 98. Good for you, Shane. I can't fucking even with this guy. Shane, however, recaps what we just saw. In case, I guess, we're just tuning in. We cut to a kidster in the crowd that has a Vince, please fire Shane sign. That kind of popped me. Shane, when promoting tonight's new cage match, once again says the word superstructure. So I'm sure that Vince McMahon gave him a list of words he had to make sure to say tonight, and Superstructure was on it. As he's closing out his hype for this newly announced cage match, shortly after saying Superstructure, guess what phrase he uses to wrap it all up in a nice bow? Yeah, baby! So we are eight minutes into this broadcast, and he has said, yeah, baby, thrice. That's .38 yeah, babies per minute. I will see if the trend continues. I hope it doesn't, but I will keep you posted. I then hear some broke-ass, funky, carnival-sounding music as Jim Cornette is talking. Shane McMahon starts to wave his hands in the air, as if he's absent of any care. And Jim Cornette's voice starts to fade very low. I can barely hear him. What are you guys doing to the audio? Oh, of course. It's the lovable parade of human oddities. We've discussed how their theme music butchers these broadcasts, uh, you know, because they just cut out all the other audio to get this fucking carnival music in here. And and seriously, what if Shane McMahon says, yeah, baby, during this entrance? I mean, he's already said it three times. It's on the precipice of his mind. So, and he's excited. He's excited it's a carnival party-esque atmosphere here in Ontario. What if he says, yeah, baby, we won't be able to count it? And fuck me sideways, this song has a slide whistle. It has so many uses of the slide whistle. You get about one slide whistle per every 10 seconds. We cut to a recap of the oddities and the headbangers getting into a tussle on Raw. And I don't know what the story is because my my announcers aren't here to guide me through this hard to understand principle. Because, you know, the slide whistle's here. But I was able to deduct this from the moving images. Uh, apparently, the headbangers ripped apart the stuffed Cartman that the lovable oddity Golga carries to the ring. They also yell, Oh my God, we killed Cartman. Oh, actually, that happens in the match, but fuck it. But seriously, this entrance is like two minutes long with no words, and then we fade to black. Now, what what's happened here? The, the screen's gone black. Will they come back? Should I stay with them? I don't know. No one is here to guide me. Luckily, thank God, due to the power of the cock, we are back. Michael Cole is backstage awaiting Stone Cold. Well, what happened to the match? I guess we'll get there. Uh, he, I guess he's just reiterating this whole scenario for anyone just tuning in. Back in the arena now, finally, here comes Mosh, accompanied by Thrasher. So I guess we're having Golga taking on Mosh. Shane McMahon and Jim Cornette return. How do we know that they've returned? Because I'm greeted with this. Yeah! <laughs> Headbangers, man! The bell rings. Here we go. Golga is definitely upset. 
Jim Cornette wonders, what's with the the recent turn with the headbangers? Are they perhaps jealous of the popularity that the oddities have been receiving in recent weeks? The match, you know, happens. Some things occur. Nothing really major. Suddenly, as Mosh has Golga in the ropes, Shane has a unique emotional response to the events on the television screen. That's it, headbangers! Get in there! Come on, Mash! Fucking calls him Bash. I love, I love competition here in the WWF. It's exciting. Mosh then jumps on Golga. <laughs> yeah, woo! All right. Shades follows up this outburst by saying, "Yeah, you gotta get intense to get noticed in the WWF." Okay, whatever. Cornette tells us he understands. I'll take advantage of the simple-minded on occasion. Golga is about to hit the earthquake splash. Jim Cornette gets handed a note from the floor producer indicating something something is going on backstage. Golga hits the earthquake. If you had your eyes closed, though, you would know that it happened because you would hear, Ho, ho, ho! Oh, man, I can't believe it! One, two, three. A Pier 6 brawl erupts as the oddities and headbangers are all inside the ring. Both headbangers end up eating power bombs. One delivered by the giant Silva, the other by Aqua K favorite, the Gator. Again, if you had your eyes closed, you would know that some power bombs were delivered because Shane McMahon on the call. Oh, he's going up for the pile driver. Boom! Well, I guess at least he didn't say DDT. The oddity's music hits, so we're met with silence. We cut to Michael Cole in the back, and for some magic fucking reason, we can actually hear Michael Cole's dialogue over the dub. Perhaps he yelled Shazam when he was off camera uh, and was granted with the power of the, you know, the Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. Why do I know this shit? Cheap plug for the North South Connection Podcast Network. Listen to my review of Black Adam on that, uh, on that feed. Here's a spoiler. It fucking blows. Anywho, Michael Cole says, and I quote, Shane, apparently Triple H from Degeneration H has been attacked. Wait a minute, Michael. You mean Preparation H? I hear it's good on the keister, especially if you get it as a present for Easter. Okay, that's a gag, but Cole does say Triple H from Degeneration H has been attacked. (laughs) Uh, the Outlaws and X-Pac rush past Michael Cole and we head to commercial. Holy shit, what do you know? We're back. Michael Cole has now moved a few inches forward inside the locker room. Triple X, you know, taking the H and swapping it with the X. Triple H is playing Nancy Kerrigan. Apparently someone hit Triple H with a steel pipe of some sort. <laughs> Upon hearing this, DX kicks Michael Cole out of their locker room. We head back to ringside and see Shane in his fucking hat. However... No time for hat jokes, because straight from Silsby, Texas, love it, here comes Mark Henry. Now, the camera is on Mark Henry as he's entering the arena, you know, staged area. Now, Mark is walking in front of a black curtain, because the entranceway is just a black curtain with the breakdown logo hanging above it. His singlet is black, as he's a Nation of Domination member, and that's their main color. Mark Henry, of course, is a black man. Shane says, and I fucking quote, I don't know if you can see, but yeah, that's Mark Henry. I mean, seriously, Shane, 
did you really think that we were just, you know, under the assumption here that some floating eyeballs were coming down to the ring? I mean, that's just fucking rude, man. I mean, I get it. Mark Henry's, you know, wearing a black singlet in front of a black curtain. You know, you see this sometimes when, like, a weather person wears, like, a green suit and their weather fucking screen is green and you just see a floating head. But come the fuck on, Shane. This is fucking inappropriate. Oh, well. Anywho, well, not oh, well, like, it's okay. I just, I don't know what I could do about it. But it blew my fucking mind. I, I don't know. Uh, Mark Henry was scheduled to be Triple H's challenger for the Intercontinental Championship tonight. Of course, Triple H is all fucked up now, so, uh, you know, Mark Henry doesn't know what to do. Uh, Even though Triple H's knee is all fucked up, and it has been since SummerSlam, they will continue to advertise Triple H appearing at shows up until and including the Survivor Series. Uh, Mark's first word, the first words out of Mark's mouth, I I wrote down because it's pretty ironic considering how ridiculous Shay just was. He's like, I haven't seen him, but I heard Triple H is hurt. You know, I haven't seen him. Well, of course, we have no trouble seeing Triple H's pasty ass coming down the aisle at this point in time. Uh, famously, Triple H didn't discover Tanny Boost until he got the main event push. But Mark came here to win the Intercontinental Gold and impress all of his fans. Boo. <laughs> Mark's great. I don't care. He wants to impress his mama back in Silsby, Texas. I pop because I love whatever he says, Silsby, Texas. But mostly, he wants to impress his girlfriend, China. To this, Shane responds, <laughs> Oh man, I didn't know they were going out. Mark calls Triple H a coward and says he's had enough of this. He's just going home. Oh no, Mark, wait. Check it out. Look who's coming. Waving his hands. It's my pops. Now, I don't know if Vince was waving his hands to make sure you could fucking see him, but he is coming down the aisle and he is waving his hands. Uh, this new wrinkle makes Jim Cornette angry and confused. Can anyone in the company follow a television format anymore? I don't know what's going on on this show. Corny, that's what happens here in the WWF. It's got attitude. (laughs) Okay, couple things. I love Corny as a term of endearment, but I also love Shane's inflection on attitude. Vince knows that everyone came to the arena tonight to see Mark Henry. And Mark Henry, of course, can't wrestle the Intercontinental Champion, but what if he faces a different champion right here on Heat? Now, it would be a non-title affair, but, you know, we've never had a triple threat match in a steel cage, and Vince needs to know if this steel cage is strong enough to, you know, to handle three athletes in there. And if you put Mark Henry in there with a champion in a non-title encounter, that's pretty much like having three guys in there. Mark Henry kind of wants none of this, though. He, he didn't come here to wrestle in a cage. But Vince reiterates, Mark, this will catapult you to the top. Because tonight, you'd face Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mark Henry likes this. You can tell because he strokes his chin. He then replies, bring it on. I will crush his butt into that cage. This booking apparently sends Shane McMahon into heat live on heat. That's heat! That's heat! That's tonight on heat! (laughs) Well, I guess we have our Sunday Night Heat main event fully booked, and it's time to head out to a commercial. What do you know? We're back from commercial, and I hear some goddamn fart rock playing over the uh, loudspeakers. Shane's like, welcome back. We are L-I-V-E. He replays, literally, what just happened, 
And now that that's been properly recapped, let's go to Michael Cole in the back. Cole says he can confirm that Stone Cold Steve Austin is here. And after the very next match, Michael Cole will speak with Mr. Austin. But he also has an interesting development happening right behind him. The challengers of the unknown have arrived to the arena together. And they're talking to Sergeant Slaughter in the Stooges, just out of earshot. Apparently, they're learning of their cage-based fate for the evening. There's lots of hand movements from the Challengers of the Unknown, but no words that we can hear, so we head back to the ring. And oh my god in heaven! The cause of the fart rock music is revealed to me and to all of you. Apparently, it's the theme song of a tag team making their debut here, L-I-V-E on H-E-A-T. It's the motherfucking Hardy Boys. Wearing some fucking long tights that they stole from Kurt Cobain and Rowdy Roddy Piper. It's like flannel plaid print on it. And it's got all sorts of like Hardy symbols and words and stuff. We'll talk about it in a bit. But oh my god. Now their opponents are awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. Awesome as well. It's a fantastic Kai and Tai variant. Shofunaki and Men's Teo, accompanied by Yamaguchi-san, of course. Now, Men's Teo is wearing some trunks he clearly, clearly stole from the narcissist Lex Luger. The Hardy Boys get announced, finally, and they're looking great. They're so young, and they're so in shape. And I mean that. Matt Hardy also has a ridiculously hairy chest. It's pretty funny. But I'm not the only one that's excited. Oh, man! Up, pumped up! Hardy Boys making their debut, taking on... The Kayatai. I'm pumped up. You know, this is going to be super fast. You know, this match is going to be unbelievable. I fucking love that Shane calls them the Kayatai. The, the adds so much to Shane's ridiculousness. I can't, I can't like express it to you with a quantifiable, measurable thing. But when he calls them the Kayatai, like I just, I get this big fucking grin on my face. And it's part of the reason why I do this show. Before the match can start, don't forget that Stridex presents Breakdown in your house. Cornette with a dynamite transition here. Well, Jeff Hardy was just using Stridex because he just turned 20 years old. The match begins. Jeff Hardy hits a drop kick on men's tail. Shane calls it. <laughs> nice. Later, Matt Hardy hits a springboard plancha to the outside on men's tail. Shane responds, Sick! Ho ho ho! Oh man, he's sick! And to this point, I notice the Hardy Boys have their names written on their ass. Like, literally. Jeff's ass says Jeff Hardy, and it's big, very legible. Matt Hardy's ass says Matt Hardy. Now, it seems lame and very indie. But I really thought about this, and honestly... Considering that a year later, in October of 99, during their huge breakout to the world, the match that made them stars, the Money in the Bank, uh, or not Money Bank, Jesus, the the Tit Ladder Match, Terry Invitational Tournament, we would famously get JR referring to them by the wrong names. Show me the money, Matt Hardy! You know, that whole thing. I don't blame them one bit for doing this. I really don't. It makes total sense. They should have just kept it going for the rest of their careers. Jeff's uh, right leg has faith written on it. Oh, sorry, hope. And Matt's has faith, just in case anybody was wondering. Uh, Show Funaki hits a bulldog. Shane calls it Funaki. Yeah, nice bulldog. Shane, though, is feeling uneasy for his pops. He's feeling that something bad might happen to him tonight. It's really not important to this match, but this is when he brings it up. And then, fuck me sideways, 
Both members of the Kai and Tai are outside the ring on the uh, side facing the entranceway. Matt Hardy gets down on all fours. We would come to know this as the poetry in motion launch position. So this is very familiar to me. Jeff from the other side of the ring sprints. He hits a suicide poetry swanton bomb to the outside that was powered by a 20-year-old Jeff Hardy sprinting at what I'm calling I'm trying to get noticed speed. The Kayantai parts like the goddamn Red Sea and Jeff splats right onto the concrete. Oh my god, he missed his back, his back, it's gotta be broken. The Kai and Tai take advantage when Matt comes to check on Jeff on the outside and put him inside the ring and take advantage of the Matster. However, this taking advantage goes one step too far as Men's Tail tries to stab Matt Hardy with the Japanese flag, but he accidentally hits Funaki. Show, uh, Show Funaki is down, Men's Tail eats a punch, Shane yells, ha ha, nice, after Funaki eats a body slam. Just a body slam gets a nice Shane, really? After this body slam, both Hardys go up top. They do the ah! leg drop splash tandem maneuver that we know so well. They don't yell, however, on this variant. They squash down upon Funaki. It looks really good. Shane lets us know there's no way this match can continue when he yells, Forget about it. One, two, three. Well, you know, they made an impact for sure. I won't forget this one anytime soon. Shane calls it an upset. The fart rock music continues. Shane puts a nice bow on it. The Hardy Boys. Woo-hoo. Way to go, man. We pivot now to some footage from earlier in the day here in Hamilton, Ontario. It looks like a bit of a ceremony was had where Hamilton Mayor Bob Morrow gave Stone Cold Steve Austin the key to Hamilton and named a street after him called Stone Cold Way. Ah, uh, just take a left on Stone Cold Way, you trash. Uh, as promised, though, Let's head to the back for Mikey Cole with an interview with the champion. But wait! Michael Cole enters the locker room. He sees the black trunks of a Stone Cold Steve Austin, the vest of a Stone Cold Steve Austin, and the Smoking Skull World Wrestling Federation Championship belt of a Stone Cold Steve Austin. But alas, no Stone Cold Steve Austin as we head to commercial. We return, of course, from the aforementioned commercial And the New Age Outlaws theme song is playing in the arena, but no one is there to lead the sing-along. Thank goodness Shane McMahon is here to explain. Yeah, yeah, it's B.A. Billy Gunn. B.A. Billy Gunn, check him out, man. He is awesome. Who remembers this? Shane McMahon says that badass Billy Gunn stepped up last week on Raw and tagged with Stone Cold Steve Austin when no one else would when Austin took on Undertaker and Kane in a tag match. little early for that Billy Gunn push here, but again, it's a nice piece of information because when you consider this and you think about the challengers of the unknown, as we lovingly call them, you've got four guys in September all getting a little push to the main event. Well, let's see what B.A. Billy Gunn has in store for us tonight. According to commentary, Vince is giving badass Billy Gunn an opportunity as a result of him stepping up to the plate to help Austin. Billy is sort of in a mirror match situation uh, in regards to Austin's match, as Cornette puts it. It's a triple threat match against two brothers. Austin, taking on Taker and Kane, 
and Billy taking on Skull and Eight Balls. Or just Eight Ball. I'm going to call them Eight Balls because I have more fun saying that. Shane claims toting or touting the... Tout? Remember tout? Jesus. Touting the McMahon line. Look at us. This is all about opportunity. The DOA drives by. Look at all the opportunity in front of us, Jim Cornette. There's a stipulation on this match as well, just like in the main event. If Road Dog or X-Pac interfere, then the match that the DX stable has against Southern Justice and Jarrett tonight is completely off the books. It won't happen. So here we go. The bell rings. Billy right away hits a fly, flying jalapeno high-impact flying forearm. Yeah! Come on, Billy Gunn! That's it. That's what you got. That's what you got to do. Throw those shots there. Yes, 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 yes. Moments later, the Harris boys, or Skull and Eight Balls, hit an H-bomb. Man, oh man, what a slam. That's going to leave a mark. Billy Man, get pounded, getting double pounded right now. But Billy Gunn is double tough. I love how my Shane says Billy, kind of like Gizmo does. Like, Billy. (laughs) Billy Gunn. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Played too much multiverses as Gizmo. Uh, Cornette then adds some information to this encounter. The synchronicity of two brothers working against one opponent, much like tonight with The Undertaker and Kane. DOA hits some dropping elbows in rapid succession. Billy Gunn is trying to get up, but he's definitely our babyface in peril. Talk, of course, turns to the main event in your house. Shane thinks that tonight Austin has two chances for victory. Number one, take out a knee or something. Number two, hope The Undertaker and Kane turn on each other. Well, some some sound strategy there from the Shanester. Jim Cornette of course, wants to talk about like how X-Pac and the New Age Outlaws are supposed to take on Southern Justice tonight. Of course, whenever he makes reference to X-Pac, he calls him X-Pac because, you know, he's old and he doesn't get it. I now notice Paul Ellerine is at ringside wearing a Breakdown in Your House t-shirt. So that tells you where the DOA are here on the WWF totem pole. Cornette continues to put over that if the match tonight is canceled, that being the big six, man, then X-Pac and Road Dog and Billy Gunn won't have any chance to get revenge of Jeff on Jeff Jarrett for taking out the Road Dog a few weeks ago. Now, I will admit, Jim Cornette's taking about a minute here to explain what someone could explain in 30 seconds. But straight up dick move here by Shane. Corny, you're killing me here. Sorry, I'm going to call part of this match because I'm all pumped up. Folks, this match is not worth getting pumped up about. And, you know, I'm not saying Jim Cornette's dangerous. But holy shit, I would not want to cut off a Jim Cornette. You, I feel like you scorn that man. He never forgets it. The ball's on Shane here. Don't forget, Jim Cornette knows a couple of snipers, okay? Maybe not the Hardy snipers, maybe not the KFC snipers, but what about the Pizza Hut snipers, Shane? What if Jim Cornette calls in the Pizza Hut snipers? What are you going to do then? Uh, another H-bomb is hit by the Twins, and they pin Billy 1-2-3. Uh, Cornette has dropped out of commentary ever since Shane pissed him off, but now he's finally back. And, and of course, X-Pac and the Road Dog storm down, and what does Jim Cornette yell? Here comes X-Pac! However, Shane McMahon makes a different call. The match is over! They can get in there! Booyah! Booyah! DX-Style! I kind of like that. Booyah, booyah, DX style. Booyah, booyah, DX style. Booyah, booyah, that's my web blow. 
Cornette says, Booyah, what? Shane replies, Booyah, yeah, here we go. Southern Justice, Jeff Jarrett show up. Folks, it's anarchy. Shane is is in peril. Come on, man. Come on, DX. Come on, you're my boys. But DX is down. Shane on the call after the coast is clear. Man, man, sometimes life just isn't fair. Up next, though, Stone Cold Steve Austin takes on the allegedly invisible world's strongest man, Mark Henry, in the steel cage as we head to commercial. We're back! The power of Peacock in the cage is coming down. Let's get it on! We're set for Austin Henry and the steel cage. Woohoo! The superstructure steel cage is coming down, but I hear a sound that I shouldn't. My God! That's the Undertaker's music! Sure enough, here comes Vinnie Mac along with the Brothers of Destruction. Cornette makes a call as the triumvirate of terror walks down to the uh, ring here. It sounds like he's auditioning for Slam Poetry Night. Shane, as the steel cage lowers, it's been hanging like the sword of Damocles all night, dangling over our heads. The cage is lowering, and Mr. McMahon is headed towards the ring with the demonic duo, The Undertaker and Kane. Shane adds, Man, this place is electric. Something's gotta happen. Cornette replies, What? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got nothing else to offer, Shane. Anywho, Vince enters the cage, and he's shaking the cage bars, testing them out to make sure they're strong. We pick up some audio. Get out, Austin! Come on, damn it! I don't have all day! Kane and Undertaker are both on the outside of the cage. They walk by the announce booth. Shane tosses in. Look at Kane, man. He's huge. Mark Henry's music hits. The camera cuts to the entrance. And I don't see him! Damn you, Shade. Damn you. They turn on some spotlights. You know, just for added effect. It's not because they need a searchlight to find the guy, okay? Shane is wrong. But I still don't see him. Oh, come on, man. We cut to a wide shot of the arena. Some time passes. All right, we're back to the entrance. Here we go. I still don't see him. Oh, son of a bitch, Shane. Damn you for giving me this gag. I hate you. In the ring, Vince doesn't see him either. Okay, okay, it's not just me. The Nation of Domination music turns off, and oh man, we cut to the back. I see him! China! China's there! She's whooping his ass! The refs pull China away from Mark Henry. Henry yells, Oh, I see, you couldn't wait to get your hands on me again, huh? Mark Henry is so great. I never forget, uh, around this time, September, uh, the next year, 99, I went to a house show uh, with a bunch of friends and my grandparents of all people. It was so random, but so much fun. I yelled at Mark Henry and he yelled back at me. I just, Mark Henry has a place in my heart too, because grandma got a kick out of that, you know, and you know, she's not with us anymore. And you know, I like my grandparents and it's just a, it's a sweet fucking memory. Thanks to Mark Henry. And you know what? I'm not trying to like get on a grand stage here, like make some sort of big old statement, but, but you know, Mark Henry doesn't know me from any other dude. But yet, Mark Henry, like, forever, like, I'm grateful to what he did. Like, it's silly, but that's sort of the power of performance. And uh, little little side rant over that I didn't expect to talk about. So, China breaks free, though, the referees, and hits, hits Mark over the back with a pipe. So, I don't think he's coming down here for this encounter. Shane, on the call. China! Oh, man! She's possessed! She is possessed! Jimmy Cornette, let Jesus fuck you! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He didn't... Did he really say that? 
Oh, no. No, I'm sorry. The la- He did say China's possessed. But I think when I typed possessed, my notes I was taking while watching The Exorcist got crossed with my notes for Kingfish. Apologies. Apologies. But if you're offended, get over it. Watch The Exorcist. It's a fucking great movie. So now Vince is in the ring all alone, and he wants a microphone. Okay, he's not actually all alone, but this guy doesn't count. There's one of those ring technicians in the ring uh, trying to fix the door. I guess something's wrong with it. I love this dude. Like, it's random, but he's wearing the old WWF jumpsuit from, like, the 80s and 90s that the camera people would wear. It's fantastic. And this dude's mullet is out of fucking control. It's Joe Dirt-esque. Wait a minute, though. The the camera guy turns around and starts yelling at Vince. Well, that that guy must not want to work here much longer. He takes off his officially licensed World Wrestling Federation hat. Oh, my God, it's Al Snow! Oh, wait, no, it's not. This guy rips his hair off. It's Stone Cold! When he was wearing the wig, though, he did look just like Al Snow. The crowd is going apeshit. The door is locked, thanks to Stone Cold. And Austin is beating the shit out of McMahon. Kane and Undertaker try to climb, but they're just too slow because they're big lumbering dudes. Austin climbs out the other side. He gets down. Kane and Undertaker finally get in. Austin flips him the double bird. Vince is in shambles. What a night here on Heat! It is hot, but it's not over yet. What is going to happen when we come back? Oh, I don't know, man. And we head to a commercial. We're back! From commercial, we get a recap of literally what just happened. After the recap, though, we get a little bit of new footage. Vince is yelling at Undertaker and Kane for, you know, not helping him. Undertaker and Kane just look pissed. And Vince kind of walks it back like, oh, you know what? Never mind. It's okay. Uh, Shane and Cornette hard sell the pay-per-view. Unfortunately, they don't do it on camera. So no more Matthew Broderick hat for Shane McMahon. Uh, We get a video recap of all the events that led to the main event. So, like, the big video package they would play on the actual show. We're back in the arena. Like, 40 seconds left. Vince has the mic, and he delivers a very classic quote. He who laughs last, laughs loudest, Austin. He promises tomorrow night on Raw, he will have the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt in his hands. Shane yells, Yeah, baby! And we fade to black. Okay, okay. Shane didn't actually yell, Yeah, baby! But all the other stuff did happen. So that closes episode 9 of Kingfish. Heat is in the books. Breakdown in your house is happening right now. Why aren't we watching it? Well, because, you know, we're in the future. But that was a good one. That was actually a, that was a fun episode of Heat. Now, what do I use to to qualify or quantify that statement. You know, the last time we had a live heat in front of SummerSlam, it really wasn't much. That episode famously is cut to shit because there's all sorts of Highway to Hell video packages. It's only like a, I don't know, like a 35-minute episode of heat without the commercials when it should be like 46 or so. Um, But this show actually kind of got me excited to watch Breakdown in Your House to the point where I think, spoiler alert, I might cover that Challengers of the Unknown cage match on Brightman because I don't know if I've ever seen it. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. But it was a show that that ended up being important to break down. You know, we got the Triple H injury angle. We got 
good build for the pay-per-view. Like, people should want to buy it based on this. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm personally excited for it. Plus, I am excited for the fallout. We all know what happens, okay? I'm excited to see a video recap of that world-famous Vince McMahon middle finger. But I want to know what Shane has to say about the title being held in advance. And we will cover that on Kingfish on the 10th anniversary of Kingfish Special some other time here in the Aqua Cave. But in order to make sure you hear that very special 10th anniversary of Kingfish, subscribe to the Aqua Cave so you get notified whenever new content drops. I'm Johnny C, and a winner is you. And where the hell is Mark Henry? I'm kidding. Yeah, baby!